0: All right. What's good, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Docs Outside the Box. I don't know the number of the episode that we're on because we are batching these episodes. So we are somewhere in the, in the 300s. Um, don't I care. I think we're at 311. I think this is episode
1: 311. You think 311. this is 311? Yes, it's on the calendar.
0: Okay. So this is episode 311. You know I don't follow that calendar that much, but <laughs> welcome to episode 311. I am your host, Dr. Ni. Nee. I am joined by... Dr. Renee, There you go. And this is Docs Outside the Box, guys. This is a fusion of money, medicine, and pop culture. Listen, shout out to everybody on YouTube. Still, once again, we're continuing to increase our subscriber count. And I'm really trying to increase the amount of subscribers, the amount of people who are viewing our podcast through um, YouTube and... By all accounts, YouTube is doubling down. They're putting more resources into making podcasts a little bit more discoverable on YouTube.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: So we are trying to increase our visibility. Let's so, take
1: advantage of that.
0: Yes, yes, indeedy. WhatsApp, YouTube? Yes, indeedy. <laughs> and um, in terms of the folks who are listening to us traditionally on podcasts, on Spotify, Google. I don't know why I'm even mentioning Google. There ain't nobody. Like we get like on a monthly basis, like 200 views or 200 listens. So not that many people are listening on Google, Google Play. Pod, Google, Google, Pod, Google Podcast. Podcast. The majority of everybody is listening either on Apple or they're listening on Spotify or something that utilizes Apple Podcast. So that might be iHeartRadio, In, any of those other services. Okay. So, what's up to y'all? Thank you very much. I mean, Appreciate we, don't, y'all.
1: we shouldn't leave out the Google Podcast, people. I mean, that includes
0: me because I listen to all my podcasts through Google Podcast. But if you look at the, the numbers, don't lie.
1: Man, shout out to the people on Google Podcast. Stop playing. Stop playing. <laughs> don't, don't be hating on people who listen through Google.
0: Well, if you're on Google Podcasts, you need to do a better job of letting other people know that they should listen through Google Podcasts. Because right now, the stats show that ain't nobody listening through Google Podcasts when you compare it to other things. But hey, we appreciate y'all. And listen, also, let's 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 push this survey. We need more people to fill out this survey with in-crowd. Remember, if you go to the show notes and you click on we want to hear from you, there is a link to fill out a survey through—you good? I'm good. There's a link to—
1: you sure you're good? I'm good.
0: All right. There is a link to fill out a survey, a very short survey that allows us to know, for the most part, who you are, a little bit of your demographics, and the type of topics that you want to hear and topics that you don't want to hear so that we can fine tune and provide better episodes, better topics, things that are more relevant to you so that you don't just kind of look at what we have and then you tune out after five minutes. Right.
1: I would hope they wouldn't do not at the well, but minutes. that's the
0: point. If they are to, are listening, they see the topic, and then they listen. And they're like, "I don't like this," and then they leave after five minutes. What are we doing here, All
1: right? So, so that means we need to be more engaging within the first five but, minutes.
0: But that, well, either that or we need a topic that's engaging.
1: Yeah, well, then if it's within the first five minutes and it's engaging, then they'll stay. Well, then that's kind of like false
0: advertising, right? Because we're like, hey, what's going on? Yo? You stay for five minutes and then we start talking about some boring ass subject. They're going to tune out. So whether they tune out and it's engaging or tune in because it's something that's compelling, I'd rather people tune in because it's compelling. Don't you think so? Audience, what y'all think? Audience, what do you think? Am I right? As always. Am I right? But can't we
1: make it compelling and engaging at the same time? Like I don't understand. But
0: you didn't give me an opportunity to talk about that. You just said it should be boring and exciting. And I'm like,
1: What? What are you talking? Are you Alfred rewind what he just said? So
0: everyone, make sure you fill out the (laughs) in crowd survey so that we're not as confused as as you hear her as confused right now, guys. All right.
1: I have so, no clue what's going on also, on this podcast. Real right now. quick,
0: let's move on. Come on, you got to keep up with the pace, or we're, we're trying to get this podcast done. Come on. So, the pace of this is I want to give a shout out to those who've been listening <laughs> to the podcast, particularly those who I've worked with. <laughs> There's been a couple of people who've tweeted me or texted me. Or have reached out to me in some form of fashion and say, hey, like, you know, we used to work together at X, Y, and Z. Either, you know, I'm surprised that you're still doing a podcast or, you know, I'm excited <laughs> at how well the podcast has grown. Or, I didn't think you
1: had it in yet. <laughs> and
0: I start to think, I'm like, damn, did I talk about this person on the show? Because i would be talking about people on the show. So if you're listening, just know that if we're talking about bad situations, um,
1: am I talking about them? What do you? T- I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: Do I talk about my coworkers? I don't think I talk about my coworkers at of all. Of course
1: you don't talk about your yeah. coworkers, or even like, my
0: former coworkers.
1: No. Yeah. So if, usually, well, if you do, it's usually not in a bad light. Is it? I don't know. No, it's usually. I mean, you talked about the PA who, um, you know, did the. I still. Down I checked and, my cash
0: app. I didn't get any money from him.
1: <laughs> you checked your cash app, and he didn't. He didn't cash app you yeah. for that advice probably because you're not actually um supposed to be giving official advice on uh finances so don't yeah. don't come for us in these streets because
0: Well we we can give we can give advice we just have to let disclaim people know it. right Disclaimer that's what i mean but so that's, that's not, why, no, that's I why you
1: didn't get cash out though
0: I want to know if i am cuz over the last 6 years invariably i've had to bring up a situation that involved people who i've worked with and then the mic is a little too far from you no it's not the, it's fine because when you turn your head towards me then it's not so can you bring your microphone a little oh, bit closer to you Goodness. God yeah Lord. there you go now we're talking oh my god yeah so and the mic police over here well we, you know we got to officer sure that, mike we got to make sure <laughs> that we have a really good audio experience and so forth so
1: okay officer mike
0: so for those who are <laughs> listening who i've actually worked with who i've gone to school with um you know like i said every now and then i get a text saying that hey you know they listen so just want y'all to know it's not impersonal if you hear something that's similar or dramatized version of something that you've gone through (laughs) (laughs) but it's the the truth you know (laughs) but anyway i just want to give a shout out to all these people but let's let's jump into this this is money trap number six Mm -hmm. in this episode we're going to be
1: talking about why it's important to invest Right, yeah. Money trap number six, which is part of the series of the 11 money traps that keep doctors burnt
0: There you go. Now you're out. engaged.
1: Rather than fighting me on the microphone, you could be keeping up with what we're talking about on the show. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, money trap number six that keeps doctors burnt out is not investing enough or... Investing in risk- risky shit. Very, very risky business. Shit. As so what you it. okay, fine. <laughs> so what do you what say you about this? Well, I always like to start
0: from a baseline. So, you know, everybody, you know, talks about, you know, how much doctors make. And I think a lot of times some people will, you know, invariably look at what we talk about, particularly people who aren't in the medical world, and they're like, Well, wh- why are you guys always talking about like finances and why are you always talking about things that... not
1: doctors be broke as a joke sometimes. But I think a lot of
0: people don't believe that from the outside looking at it. Or they look at it as first world problems, right? Well,
1: I mean, it could be first world problems. That's like, that's
0: like trying to hear... That's like trying to hear like a woe is me story from someone who won a million dollars or, I don't know, $500 million in a lottery and then they go broke. It's like, yo, that's your bad, right?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, Let let's not pretend that this might not be first world problems, but the first world still got problems, right? So, I mean, the reality is that... You know, the, so the reality is that a lot of people who do go into medicine um, don't come from you know they don't come from first world problems, right? Like Wait, you say what? they don't come from first world problems. Who? A lot of people who go into medicine in this country they don't come from you know not, issues. That's,
0: that's not what the stats show. The, majority, you, the no, majority. No, no. I
1: said some. A lot of people. Right. right. Like so. Like you and me. We didn't come from first world problems.
0: I didn't come from first world problems.
1: Oh, I did. Please, whatever. Park Slope, Brooklyn. I didn't grow up in Park Slope. What are you talking about? Yo, it's East New York. Don't get Gowanus, jumped in these streets. Go on. Do not get jumped in your own studio, yo. You, you said you grew up in Bedford Heights. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, East New York. Don't play me. <laughs> Don't play me, yo. So anyway, um, but yeah, there, I mean, there are people who, you know, are in medicine, people like you and me who don't necessarily come from, you know, a certain or a high socioeconomic status, right? And so we are entering this realm of at least high earning income, right? And all of a sudden, we're thrown into this tax bracket or income bracket, and we don't know quite what that means. We don't quite know how to maximize that, right? We just know that we're in it. And so I think that's important to understand. Like, yeah, some of this is first world problems, but first world got problems.
0: I agree. So I think basically what you're saying is, is that people look at this like it's a come up. There's certain people. I know I did, right? I Mm -hmm. saw the career fulfillment. I saw the esteem that becoming a physician would bring. And then I also saw that look like, I didn't look at it as a comfortable lifestyle. I was like, oh man, I'm about to be rich, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that when you put things in perspective, right? Cause we've talked about what, you know, how the dream of becoming a doc and what the reality of being a doc is, is that, you know, it's not all roses. It's not pearly, whatever it is. It's not great, you know, all the time. It's an amazing, fulfilling, rewarding career, but it has its potholes and so forth as of any career. So I brought out this calculator that I have. It's a New York income tax calculator, 2021. Right. And basically, this calculator, you put in your income, you put in your filing status, and then you put in the state that you live in, and it'll let you know what your after tax income is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what I did is I put in $350,000, filing status, I put married, the state, I put New York, total income tax, $96,000, which brings your after tax income to $253,994,000. Mm hmm.
1: I so mean, which is pretty significant.
0: Right. So I just want everybody to recognize $350,000, if you live in New York, is yeah. going to get you after tax of And dollars this And is,
1: this is income tax. So pretty much anybody who's W-2 or getting some sort of paycheck.
0: Yeah. If you get a paycheck and you live in New York and you make $350,000 and right. if you're filing married. And I think I put right. down how filing many. Married. I think, wait, did I put down
1: dependents.
0: Two dependents if you got two kids. Let's change the numbers real quick. If you put it to one Man. <laughs> it's the same. What did I say? 253 something.
1: Yeah, it's the same.
0: I think it saves you like 500 bucks if you have like
1: <laughs> It's pretty much the same. It's almost $100,000 worth of taxes either way.
0: But I have more so, kids. Well,
1: the part of the reason that I'm saying that is um, you know, to distinguish between you know, those who have, own their own business um, versus, you know, those who are strictly uh, W-2 and employed, right? Because once you start talking about owning your own business, you know, um, being either 1099. Why making it complicated? I'm not making it complicated, but I think that people need to understand. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about
0: if you are employed. Okay, and you but work you need for to a say hospital, that. Well, if you're employed and you get a paycheck and you W-2, you bring home about $253,000, right? If you live in New York, if you're married, if you have two dependents, right? So basically, and your the salary re- is $350,000. And the reason I'm mentioning that is basically it's going to take you about 10 years to save $2 million, right? But the one thing that we didn't account for is you probably, with that amount, you're probably living with your mother.
1: <laughs> Why are you living with your mother?
0: Did I talk about rent or mortgage? Nope. But wait. So you ain't got no place to live, right? That's that's not including so a place. Wait,
1: wait, wait. So you're saying if you spent the 10 years saving $2 million, yeah. then, you're leaving, then you're living with You got to be other.
0: living with somebody because okay, you ain't gotcha. paying rent. You gotcha. ain't paying no
1: mortgage. Gotcha. Right?
0: So that's what I'm saying. So $253,000, everybody's like, bet, I'm good. But like, we got to start talking about how much you're paying in rent. If you're living in New York City, particularly, mm-hmm. right? Where rents are anywhere between three hundred and like, sorry, 3000 and maybe $5,000. mm hmm Six thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't want if you want a closet. Right. right? <laughs> if you want some cabinets above your stove, right? If you don't want the apartment that looks like remember the apartment from uh Coming to America with the dead body? <laughs> damn shame what they did. Hey, Alfred, hook it up. It's a damn shame what they did to that blind man. Damn shame what they did to his dog too. Right? Put that in there right here, right here. Hook it up, hook it up, hook it up, hook it up. Right? But if you want an apartment that's for real, for real, like on the come up, we talk about like, you're going to be paying like three, th- three Gs, three stacks, four, five, six, maybe even seven, right? It's possible. Per month. It's possible. Mortgage.
1: Right. Right. About so, the same, maybe. So, yeah.
0: So that's decreasing that total amount you have. We didn't mention food. Right. We didn't mention utilities. Right. We didn't mention car. Right. Well, if you live in New York City, you probably don't need a car.
1: You probably don't. But
0: which? how many doctors are really driving, or how many doctors are really taking a train to the hospital?
1: Ooh, that's a good question, actually. If you, li- if you
0: if you live in New York right now, yes. text us. It's you, in the show notes, the number. Yeah. Do remember. you
1: have a car? I, we want to know. If you live in New York City, any of the five boroughs, we want to know. Do you have a car? So text us, Alfred Go ahead and hook up the number right here. Let us know, guys, um, if you have a car and you live in New York City.
0: I bet you not many do. Yeah. I bet you a bunch of them drive.
1: I think you a lot think of them, so? I think
0: a lot of them scared to take the train.
1: Why? Why would people be scared to take the train? I don't know. I just think a lot of them scared to take the train. I think a lot of people actually take the train.
0: You think a lot of doctors take the train? Yeah. They're willing to get there at like 4.55, 6 in the morning or 5 in the morning? Eh,
1: maybe not. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't think that many people.
0: Hey, if I'm wrong, let me know if I'm wrong. But I doubt the majority of you guys are taking a train to work. And you have to be there that early and then you leave that late. I just don't think that's happening. Okay. I think there are some who are dedicated to doing it, but I don't think that many are. We I shall think, see. I think the majority are driving in. We shall see. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then there's miscellaneous, like things that you you just gotta live, right? Right. Things that you do to live. You get your haircuts, get your hair done, or go to the movies, or hang out with people. And so basically, what I'm trying to say is that that two hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars, that's not real, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what you're really going to keep, unless you're living with your mother, right? (laughs) And if that's the case, you're living with your mother for ten years. You got other issues going on, right?
1: No, not necessarily.
0: Would you date a guy who, ten years into their career, has been living with their mother, but has depends point, on, but has two point five million dollars? It depends. That's, is that what you're gonna be attracted it d- to? The it d- two point five million dollars. <sighs> anyway, it depends on why he's living with his mother. See, I think, I think. <laughs> see, this is the reason. This is part of the reason why sometimes <laughs> I don't like potting with you because I feel like sometimes you're not being real. Whatever. I guess I gotta be real. Go ahead, be real. Because I have a hard time feeling, I have a hard time thinking that anybody would be dating somebody else who's living with their Where parents. Where were you living after you years. finished
1: your critical care fellowship?
0: I was living with my parents ah! for like a year. Whatever. Not even.
1: Whatever. Maybe then, two years. Yeah, and then you lived and
0: then you lived with me. See? Yeah, but I don't think <laughs> see, I I think you're faking it. I don't think you're being real. I don't think you would date a guy or whatever. <laughs> I don't think you'd take any person seriously who was living with their parents for that long.
1: What if he's taking care of his mother?
0: I don't think you would live—I don't think you would take someone seriously if they were living what with
1: their parents. What if rent. he were taking care of his mother? What if he were his mother's primary caregiver?
0: Okay, so we'll, if that was the case, then what would you think?
1: What do you mean, what would I think?
0: What would you think? Give, give if me his answer. mother
1: is sick and he's taking care of his mother, like, I don't understand. Like, what? Do, what would you want me to think? Oh, that's horrible.
0: I don't know. Would you date a guy who was taking who is the primary caretaker of his mother? Yeah, why not? Okay. Would you take care of a guy, would you go with a guy who wasn't the primary take, uh, caretaker of his mother was just living with his mother in his basement? Maybe. You're lying. <laughs> so, anyway, the other thing that we forgot to mention obviously is, you should have figured it out cuz we talked about rent, food, utilities, car, miscellaneous What's the last thing we can talk about. And stop looking at my notes. Investments,
1: savings and investments.
0: Nope. Student loans. Oh, please. <laughs> so, yo, so listen. That two fifty three is probably like maybe one ninety <laughs> at the end, maybe one eighty if you're paying it right. <laughs> and then, like we also mentioned, you're not investing and so forth as a problem. So, I think that the reason why I br- I put that as the baseline is that it's gonna take you a long time to get to that point where you will consider yourself a millionaire. Right. Mm -hmm. Or at least uh, someone who feels like maybe they can kind of take a step back and not maybe work so hard because they are a millionaire or a multimillionaire. It takes a lot of work. It is stressful as fuck being a doctor. I'm going to be really honest. Right. And working 10 years in now, I'm like, damn, like if we don't have anything to show for it, appreciable. You know, it's a little bit of a disappointment, right? Because there's a lot of sacrificing that you have to do—physical mm-hmm. sacrifice, mental sacrifice. Yeah. You know, maybe even a little bit of some isolation, depending on you know where in the country you right. live and right. so forth. So you damn sure better be getting paid well, or what you think is a really good salary, and that you should be keeping a majority of the salary because you know, at the end of the day, like you don't want to be that seventy-year-old. You know, surgeon who's still operating and saying, "Oh, I just can't give it up." It's like you lying. You can't give it up because you paying for some other stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, stop lying. Like, seventy years old and you still doing lap coli's. Shut up. You know, like I don't believe that at all.
1: It's possible, Nee. I'm it's possible. Off somebody, right? Yeah. Now. Oh, you definitely pissing us. Look at <laughs> look at your downloads. My downloads aren't going Put an arrow. Put it down, arrow, Alfred.
0: Can you stop talking, Alfred? (laughs) Me and Alfred have that special relationship. No. Once again, please. Thank you. (laughs) So um, basically what I'm just trying to say is that investing is really important, right? Making your money work, having your money do the hard work for you while you quote unquote everybody says sleep. Or in this case, while you're in clinic. While you're working. (laughs) While you're in clinic (laughs) or while you're operating, you need your money to do things that, you know, you just can't just get from. Give you know, your give clinic. your money
1: give your money a nine to five. <laughs> right.
0: So you know, recently I don't know if 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 folks are aware of this, but LeBron James, what I think seven months ago was it was confirmed that he's a billionaire. Mm. The wow. majority of his money, over fifty percent of his money, came from things outside of what he does on the basketball right. court. Right.
1: Right. So he's, he's, he's not shutting up and dribbling. <laughs> no, he's not shub- <laughs> shutting up and dribbling. Right. You know, and,
0: you know, we've seen this in some of these other, whether they're athletes or musicians, music artists yeah. or, you know, people who are in tech or what have you, mm-hmm. like you very rarely see, well, maybe in tech you see that their net worth is like exploded mainly because of what they own or what they do or mm-hmm. the intellectual property that they have. But like with LeBron James, it's still very shocking. Like you see these big ass contracts and it's just like, you're not a billionaire from that? And they nope. are like, no, they're not actually. Yeah, It's the, you know, making Space Jam and it's mm-hmm. getting paid to produce Space Jam. The right. royalties from that. It's, you know, having a little bit of ownership in Manchester mm-hmm. United. It's getting, you know, one of the first people to invest in beats right you know by dre and getting in all of those those dividends and and I think that's really impressive
1: yeah you know I think it's really not impressive. by you know it's not by dragging yourself to work every single day even if you are an NBA star who signs you know multiples of millions of dollar contracts like even in that you're not necessarily a billionaire um so the question you know I think that we're, or I guess what we're trying to to bring home is that, you know, dragging yourself to work every day is not necessarily the thing that's going to make yourself a millionaire. Right. Not necessarily. Right. Um, and certainly not within a short period of time.
0: Do you think that we, and, and the reason I bring this up is sometimes I think it's fair to have this conversation. Do you think we reduce being in the medical field to just money all the time?
1: Uh, no, no. I don't think so because we talk a lot about time, right? We talk a lot about time. We talk a lot about energy, you know? I mean, the fact that we're even talking about this, right? 11 money traps that keep doctors burnt out, Mm -hmm. right? The, you know, the operative word here, the operative phrase here is not money traps. The operative phrase here is burnt out, right? And so, excuse me, we look at money, we look at money as a tool, Mm -hmm right and so that any tool that you use is supposed to facilitate something right it's supposed to make something easier right if you if you need to turn a lug nut you know you and you can't turn it with your finger you're going to get a wrench right the wrench is supposed to make it easier but if you misuse the wrench you know if you put it on the wrong way you know or you start turning it you know righty tighty instead of lefty loosey then you're not facilitating taking off this lug nut. What you're doing is you're expending a lot of energy doing something that doesn't work. And so I think this series, you know, of the money traps that keep doctors burnt out is, listen, you have this tool, but many of us don't know how to use the tool in order to facilitate this thing we call life, right? We're not necessarily using it or optimizing it. And it's not because we don't necessarily want to, uh it a lot of times it's because we don't know how to use the tool. We we don't know how. Yeah, we, you know.
0: Well, I think the best way I could describe that reduction is one of the best ways that you can advocate for yourself, particularly in the current way in which healthcare is practiced in the United States is is, you know, it's really hard to not be a cog in a wheel, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think the biggest thing that I think Doctors can say that they feel burnt out from is a couple of things. one, I feel like they feel inundated right with the amount of patients that they see mm-hmm. inundated with the amount of documentation that they see mm-hmm. and I think ultimately a lot of them feel like but I'm doing this and it is what's it really doing? What's the outcome right? You kind of feel like you're chasing your tail and then you feel like, well, the outcomes, are really not mine, right? The outcomes are of the system, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have so many doctors, you have so many checks and balances, you have so much documentation, and oftentimes you feel like you're actually practicing to document. Mm -hmm. And I think that that turns a lot of people off, right? right? Once again, this is not a conversation to turn people off of medicine. It's just kind of talking about the realities Mm -hmm. that I think we get to. And I'd like to say that the ability to have a certain amount of runway with how much money you have and how much investing Mm -hmm. you have allows you to kind of detach from the current system and practice medicine at least a fair amount on your terms, right? Right. I don't think anybody's going to be able to practice a hundred percent on their own terms in the United States, but I do think that it allows you to say, hold on, pause, like, I don't want to do that. I don't right. want A. I don't want B. I don't sign off for C. Um, but maybe I could do A part of the time. Mm-hmm. I can do B, you know, right. maybe 70% of the time. And I can do C. Yeah, I ain't doing C at all. Yeah. You're, oh, you don't want me to be here anymore? <clears throat> I'm out. I right. can do X, Y, and Z.
1: Basically right. being the the architecture of, or being the architect of your own career. Right. 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 And I think we lose a lot of that. Um, we're we're not necessarily all architects of our careers. We um, come in, and the the career is built for us, right? The career is built for us, and then we kind of it's it's kind of like having a dollhouse, right? You see the dollhouse; it's already made, like you can't move the walls, right? So Renee you just stick your examples. Barbie in there. Renee and her examples, exactly. Keep going. <laughs> you put your Barbie doll in there, and that's it. She can only move but so much in the house. Right. So you'd actually have to create your own dollhouse or you'd have to break down the existing dollhouse in order for it to be whatever it is you want it to be. But, you know, you, how do you break down the entire, you know, American healthcare system? You can't. So what people do is they kind of carve their way right. in, you know, into medicine um, to be the architects of their own careers.
0: Yeah. I th- but, you know, it's interesting. People say, well, you know, why are you getting into medicine? But you see this in other know Yeah. Other. Yeah. People within the tech world, they do this all the time. Like they are working with, you know, any of those, you know, the Facebook, the Apple, the Netflix, the Mm -hmm. uh, Googles. They work for a significant period of time or however long. And then they go and they start their own startup. Right. Right. They go and get money on their own and venture capital Mm -hmm. and they do things on their own terms. This happens in all other professions. It's just that we find out what's going on, the scoop of everything while we're in our late 20s or 30s. And they've already made two or three lateral lateral or maybe vertical moves already mm-hmm. and stuff. So but I think in general, investing is foreign to most docs though i I would agree. Did you know about investing when you were a resident?
1: So I knew so you knew you should invest. I knew about investing. I think everybody knows about investing, right? I don't think people understand investing. So I, you know, I knew about investing, but I didn't really understand what investing was. Like, I always thought, I always made investing, the word investing and risky synonymous, right? Mm. Like, oh, if you invest, it's, you know, it's risky, right? Like, you're going to, you know, potentially lose all of your money. You think about
0: the movie Wall Street.
1: Yeah, I think about things like that, right? <laughs> yeah, so, show that
0: big cell phone from Wall Street 1988, <laughs> Alfred. Please put that on the screen right now. When uh, what's his name? Michael Douglas is rocking that big is it Michael <laughs> or Kirk? Michael Douglas, right?
1: Is it Michael? Yeah, I think it's Michael or, Douglas. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, and he's which rocking way. that
0: big thick cell phone and yep. it's a gecko and stuff. I agree <laughs> with you, it's risky. That's what people think. Yeah, about.
1: I that's that's what I thought. Like, oh, investment means you know it's it's risky. So, and I never really thought about investment in terms of retirement, right? Like retirement and investment were like, those things weren't even necessarily related. When I thought about people saving for retirement, I thought people actually put money away for retirement. Like that's what I thought. Oh, they
0: put it in a savings account. Yeah, they just put it in
1: a savings account. They put it, you know, in a wherever, in their mattress or whatever. Like I I didn't understand that concept for a long time. So, you know, now, obviously, I have a different understanding of it. But yeah, like investing to me was just kind of like, you know.
0: Yeah, I was pretty similar. Same thing. Risky. Um, But, you know, for me, my dad lost his job a couple of times with uh, investing, Mm -hmm. or at least what happened with the stock market. So I had a really emotional relationship with it. So I kind of shied away from that. But Mm -hmm. I think things have changed a lot now where I kind of have realized that the key is to be a long-term investor. And becoming a long-term investor has helped me to really understand the concept of buying and holding. Like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to trade like on the movie Wall Street. Right. Or like in boilerplate or right. any of those things that we see on TV mm, where right. or even like trading places. Right. Buy, 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 sell, sell, right. turn those things back on. It was the jokes. Right. It was the jokes. One that's you, dollar. That's when you have like a very volatile relationship <laughs> with money. Favorite movie. Right? right? Trading places, right? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the antithesis of like how we invest as the mm-hmm. dark goes, right? Like we buy and hold. We buy stocks. We buy mainly index funds mm-hmm. and we just hold on to them. Right Because we know that overall in the long term, the market is going to, is going to continue to grow. It's helped us to stop procrastinating, which was a big deal for mm-hmm. me definitely. and understanding the market is always going to increase or it's always going to um, what's the word I want to use? It's always going to give a certain level of return return yeah right um, helps me. To stop worrying about the micro, the daily changes mm-hmm. of what occurs in the market and says, okay, on a monthly basis, this is how much we're going to put towards it. If the market is up, if the market is down, I really um, enjoy it because it doesn't allow me to be in analysis paralysis. I'm always taking action and I'm always like, okay, I'm improving or we are improving our mm-hmm. financial st- you know. St- status on a monthly basis because we invest in X, we invest in Y. right? Um, and I think overall it helps us. And what I tell residents and, you know, young attendings is helps us to feel more intentional about our career mm-hmm. because we know that we're putting money away, either in a brokerage account or putting money away in a retirement. And it helps us to practice knowing that, okay, this is the end goal in sight. Mm-hmm. Let's like bust it out. Let's, you know, do X, Y, and Z with our career. Let's take this turn. Let's take this risk. Let's play it safe here based off of how we are investing. Right. That's why I like being a, you know, a long-term investor right. because it helps us to do all those different things. So
1: Yeah, and under, and again, going back to, you know, the, the concept of the tool, right? Because a lot of times when people start talking about investments, right, the kind of the buzzword becomes or the goal word becomes money, 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 money. And it's like, right, but... Money not for the sake of just being accumulated, money for the sake of being able to use it as a resource to get you other things that you actually need. So, like you said, the ability to say no to certain things, the ability to pivot and and switch jobs or switch positions or, you know, do things with your family yeah, if that you want to get a, if you want to get an MBA and you may want to take some time off to right. get your MBA. Exactly. Do things that you actually want to do. Explore other talents and skills that you have. Work in another country. Right. Work in another country. And you know, today actually I start was start a podcast. Start a podcast. So the other or today I was actually driving and I was listening to your episode um with Doc G, um, with Jordan Grummett and you know you guys were talking about investments um and you know talking about investments in um in the context of well exactly what are you investing or what exactly should you be investing in right especially if you're on your deathbed and you're thinking about well, what what did i invest in right that a lot of people aren't necessarily just talking about the money right and he talked about you know in, investing um in yourself investing in your family investing in you know all these other attributes that you have about yourself and for me investment at this point in time while I was listening to it investment to me is synonymous with time like investment in time yeah i
0: mean that's the way it works it takes time to right compound. is the
1: is right like Th-
0: these things compound
1: exactly there is no investment without time whether it's a short period of time right so I was listening also to your episode with Ronnie Shalev, yeah, right, where she did kind of the short period of time and then they refinance, but it still took time, right? So that short period of time or that long period of time and oftentimes a long period of time is the thing that you need to invest in, right? That that patience, that time in order for things to compound enough. For you to see the, you know, the fruits of the labor of your, of your money. I agree. So. All
0: right, everyone. I want to give you guys a hint. This is a book that I read. It took me two, two nights of being on call I read this book two years ago and it really changed my mind on, on investing. I was investing in index funds before, but when I really read this book and understood it by J.L. Collins, the name of this book is called The Simple Path to Wealth. Alfred, if you can put this book up, an image of the book up right here. It is The Simple Path to Wealth, Your Roadmap to Financial Independence and in a Rich, Free Life. It's written by J.L. Collins. The link is here. It's in the show notes. You can check it out on Amazon. This book is a quick read and it really basically delineates why you should be investing in index funds as opposed to investing in individual stocks, which I think causes more people to be really nervous. Like, should I invest all my money in Apple or invest all my money in Nike or invest all my money in whatever the company is? And then you're worried about if there's a recession, am I going to lose all my money? Is it risky? Am I going to lose all my money? Or like, I don't understand like, The profit and loss. I don't understand how to read all these different things. Well, Mm -hmm. well, you know, within when you're investing in an index fund, yes, you do need to understand how stocks and bonds and how the market works in general. This book really helps to explain. This. So he wrote this book as a series of letters to his daughter. We talked about this long time ago. Mm-hmm. But the book basically was a series of letters that he wrote to his daughter. And then eventually he created it and pushed it together and made a book out of it. Mm. But it really delineates like how simple it is to just invest in the market with, you know, very, you know, one or two funds. Mm-hmm. That We're talking about index funds that we're talking about and I recommend this book to anybody it's in the show notes I think this is something that you guys can read and like I said, it took me two nights of being on call Consecutively two night shifts got it done. It was simple and easy and I knew boom This is how we are going to invest uh, all the time now for me. Let's jump into reasons Not to invest and I think there's only two main reasons why you should not invest one is you ain't got no bread That speaks for itself. (laughs) You have no money to invest. No money to invest. And the second thing is lack of strategy in the stock market. So first thing is you ain't got no bread, right? So this goes without saying, but you should not be investing in the stock market if you have other major things going on that need your attention, right? Mm -hmm. So if you need money within the next three to five years, you should not be investing that money in the stock market, right? So rent. Mortgage, Right. If you want to get a down... <laughs> if you
1: can't cover your basic needs.
0: Right. If you want to get a down payment for a house, realistically, right. if you know you're going to be buying a house in the next three to five years, yeah, when it's time to buy that house in the market, you know, tanks, that 20% that you have is now only 5%, you're going to be pissed.
1: Yeah. Well, right? we know that happened to a young lady that we that we know. Who? <laughs> that her boyfriend was like, oh, you should... You should put your money. She was saving money oh, yeah, for school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she was saving money for school and her boyfriend um, told her what to she's invest. she's going to listen
0: to the show? She's going to be like, you talking about me. No,
1: well, we're, we're not talking bad about her, but we're using her story yeah. as an example. Um, but she ended up investing the money and the market crashed yeah. at that point. Um, and so she lost, like, I think it was a third or two thirds of the money. Um, but she needed the money for school right then and there. And so, you know, she was like, oh, my God, this is what happened. And, you know, I, we started talking about, well, if you're investing, um, you, you need to understand what people mean by return. And so return isn't always quick. <laughs> yeah. Return is, you know, oftentimes after, you know, a certain period of time. Um, so
0: Should I put money for a wedding ring in there? Should I be in there? Uh-huh. A- money for a wedding ring?
1: Yeah, if you need money for a wedding <laughs> ring, don't put it in the don't put it in the in the in the stock market. Yeah, if you know you're gonna propose. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna use that money for something if you, you need know, it almost within the next immediately. Three, if you need the
0: money in the next three to five years, do yeah. not be putting it in the stock market. I right. think that's simple and straightforward. Yeah,
1: Exactly. And, that's something that I even, you know, tell my pre-meds, right? Yeah. Because you know, they they are saving money to apply to medical school, take the MCAT, go on interviews. This is not the money that you want to put into the stock market. You you're going to need that money, and if if that that you know if putting it in the stock market coincides with a crash, you might actually lose your chance of getting into medical school all because you didn't have enough money to pay for. All of the things, you know, all the opportunities that you could have had. All right. I think
0: we beat that with we beat that (laughs) divorce or whatever you want to call it, whatever colloquialism you want to say. I think we move. We beat that. Let's move on. So lack of strategy in the stock market. So um, I put down examples of hearing about an individual stock from a surgeon in the Mm -hmm. surgeon's lounge. I don't think that occurs anymore. What do you mean? Like hearing about, hey, I got this great stock. Of course people do. What do you mean? I don't think that happens anymore. People don't talk like that anymore.
1: Of course they do.
0: No, I think that happened like in the 80s and
1: 90s. Oh, well, whatever. People do. Like, and so nobody talks about that. Not one person.
0: Old folks do. Old docs do.
1: Okay, well, there are old doctors out there. <laughs> you just talked about the 70-year-old.
0: <laughs> <coughs> um, I definitely know about this. Buying what you hear on social media. Definitely. That can get you in trouble. Right? So
1: no NFTs?
0: Well, I, I didn't say that. I said <laughs> buying—I I, didn't—that's that, not actually what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when people talk about buying this stock or doing this. This is how I got rich
1: Oh, I doing see this on I social
0: media yeah. or following people on social media. And you or like really people know.
1: telling them that they should uh, invest in VTI.
0: So, our strategy, as I mentioned before, is we buy the entire market, right? That's what, for the most part, index funds are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're talking about if you go to Vanguard or if you go to Fidelity, if you go to Schwab, Charles Schwab Bank, um, if you go to some other major places, but I think those are the three main places, um, Invesco there are these index funds where you are investing in an entire market and there's like literally thousands of funds or thousands of stocks that are in this fund and you are saying, okay, I'm going to bet on the entire U.S. market Mm -hmm. that it's always going to do well and if... One company does bad, it gets removed from that index, and then they put another company in there. So rather than fretting over, well, is Apple going to do well? Right. Or, what if Tesla does bad and I lose all my money? Well, I invest in Apple, Tesla, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, and any other company that fits in there. And these index funds, they're weighted towards having you know a good portion of – Top-heavy with these, you know, really good and well-performing companies, but also at the same time they're balanced with some other, you know, companies that are at the bottom also. Right. So for us, that's our our strategy.
1: In other words, like the zombie apocalypse would have to hit in order for you to lose all of your money in the entire U.S. market.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so some of the comp- some of the the funds that we invest in are VTI. Um, we invest in SCHB, which is the equivalent for Charles Schwab. There's FZROX, which is the equivalent for Fidelity. And then there's multiple other types of of index funds. There's uh, funds called QQQ. That's with Invesco. That's mainly in the tech world. Um, so these are types of funds that I like to invest in. And I just buy and I hold. And when the market goes down, I buy more. So what that means is like over the last several months, the market has steadily gone down. Some people say that we're in a recession. Obviously not the White House. I don't <laughs> know what kind of mathematics they're using. The math but- ain't mathing. But basically, you just kind of <laughs> think about it as, let's say, your favorite pair of Jordans, which were always $150, are now like $99 or $79. You're probably going to buy a whole bunch of them at that 79 99 price than you are at 150 mm. Think about it like that, right? right. Markets that's on how, sale. That's how I, I look at it. So those are the reasons that I think most people should not invest, which is not many. You ain't got enough money to invest, and you don't have a strategy. Mm-hmm. And our strategy is we buy the entire market. Now, the question is, is what to invest in? Outside of stocks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: outside of right. Yeah, just basically
1: stocks. Yeah, because I, mean, I think a lot of times when people think about investing, they only think about the stock market. Yeah. You know, and that that's really not, you know, the only way to invest. And as a matter of fact, you know, uh Dr. Bala yes. talked about, you know, her investments that were not in the stock market that were doing so much better. Um, Then the stock market. So let's jump into that. Yeah, let's jump into Mm -hmm. that. So she
0: just started investing in real estate properties where she was part of the managing of a real estate. So she would buy a property and she had a team of a property manager. She had a team of, you know, a maintenance person. And you'd have a, a rental, excuse me, a tenant would go in there and pay her a certain amount of money. And she was getting a better return on mm-hmm. her investment with real estate than she was in the stock market. Right. Right. So for me, I always say the stock market for me is the baseline because it just, I don't have to think about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Put the money
0: in and just let the money start working on its own. With rent, real estate, you have to do a little bit of some work, mm-hmm. right, up front. And then maybe eventually you could be on autopilot later on like you do with stocks. right? Right. So rental property is a huge thing that you can get involved in if you don't feel like real estate is for you or maybe sorry if you don't feel like stocks, stocks are for, for, you. for you but yeah. you could also do stocks in real estate people do that all the time mm-hmm. we do that now one thing that diversification. we
1: diversification
0: one thing that you can do is you're like well i want to invest in real estate but i don't want to deal with you know the day-to-day managing of it you can get a property manager or you could just say, I don't want to buy properties. I want to get into something that's called REITs, real estate investment trusts. Basically, what mm-hmm. these are are they're like stocks, but they're not. So, what you do is when you're buying these funds, you're actually buying like these large. Uh, conglomerates, these large firms that sell like commercial space that manage office space that Mm -hmm. manage, you know, residential spaces and they get rents and then what they do is they split the profits among the stockholders or the people who hold it Mm -hmm. and that's how you kind of get into real estate without actually having to quote unquote fix toilets and all these different things. So a lot of people like that stuff. An example of this would be from the Vanguard standpoint would be VNQ. Right, so VNQ is a um, is a, a, a an index fund for that is a REIT that basically does exactly this. It it invests in firms that manage properties that collect rents. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Another thing that people can invest in. So we talked about real estate properties. We talked about REITs. We did an episode with Leaf,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: with the physician on fire, where we talked about Series I bonds. Right now these you know, are given by the government. So for the most part, they're very low risk, you're going to get your money back. But these are bonds that you purchase. And you're basically giving your money to the government, they are going to do whatever they want to do with it. And then they're going to give it back to you with a certain type of yield on a six month or however month basis. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue is, is that it's limited to only $10,000 per year. So there's really so much that you can put into that. But With the way how inflation has been going, some Mm -hmm. people have saying that this has turned out to be a boom Mm -hmm. over these last uh, several months. Right. The other thing, last but not least—well, I shouldn't even say last but not least—but peer-to-peer lending—it's kind of not what it used to be. So, peer-to-peer lending is when you go to a certain platform and you actually sign up and you look at people who need loans, Mm -hmm. and you give money, and they basically take a loan with your money, and they're going to pay you a certain amount.
1: In interest, with interest.
0: I think like in the early 2010s, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, like these were the rage. The, you know, people were doing really well with them, but I think the whole market has really parsed down to really only a few firms here and there. One of them is called Prosper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the yields that people were getting from lending money to other people is not like what it used to be. Right. And I think the market has shrunk a lot. So I don't know if people are going to see an appreciable amount from that, but at mm-hmm. least that is something else they consider. So, right. you know, you got stocks and then you got all these other things. So once again, we got real estate property that you can get. You can get REITs, right? Which Are, are,
1: are REITs? So, are reits the same or like comparable to syndications?
0: Right. So, reits are actually something that is traded on the stock market. Okay. Whereas right? right. syndications are like these; they're not on the stock market. Right. They're just properties. Right. They're like this huge con- conglomerate that you buy into. Right. And then they, with that money, all of this money, they purchase this one big real estate mm-hmm. property. Right. right. Like
1: a like a, an apartment complex. For exactly.
0: Example. Exactly. Okay. So that's the difference right there. A syndication is with something with Ronnie Shalev. That's mm-hmm. an that's an episode that you guys should check out. That's another thing that you yeah. can invest in if you're just like, hey, I'm not into stocks or I want to do something more than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you see what's next? What? Things, oh. to, things to stay away from. But before we get into that real quick, let's quickly talk about St. John's Mm -hmm. Associates. So for mainly orthopedic surgeons, as well as other specialties that are out there, we are teaming up with St. John's Associates. I keep saying St. John's, but St. John Associates, Mm -hmm. uh, which is amazing um, staffing firm, recruitment firm Mm -hmm. that helps doctors, empowers doctors to find uh, jobs, to find opportunities that um, I think put them in a driver's seat.
1: Yeah. And I think that that, you know, this so for much of this series, we've been actually talking about St. John Associates. um, But, you know, part of part of making sure that your money is right is making sure that your job is right. (laughs) okay? And maximizing not just the amount of money that you're making, but maximizing all of the things that you need to do in order to make that money. Um, so you know, working with Saint John Associates, they they work with all specialties. Um, but they you know, their big forte is is with um orthos. Um but I would say that, you know, the big thing for us that we've been pushing is that they work on contingency. Um, that's number one. So you don't have to pay them unless there is a match for a job. Um and then the other is that they don't shop your cv around right and they pride themselves on that and they've been in business for over 30 years now and they do not shop your cv around which i think again is a very very big part of how you make money how you're able to negotiate the money that you would get for a specific job
0: yeah i um so that happened to me when i first started i mentioned this multiple times where Mm -hmm. you know a certain locums company shopped my CV around without me knowing. And, um, you know, you possibly could get blocked out of certain jobs. You could Mm -hmm. get possibly blocked out of your dream job. Right. Because you, or excuse me, without you knowing, uh, said company may have sent your CV to a hospital to kind of lock you in. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is, is if your CV gets presented to a hospital and the hospital looks at that CV... Whoever presented them to them, that's who you have to go through. Right, right. So um, if you're not working with that company anymore, or maybe you got a better deal with another company, you know, you can't go through that other company. Whoever is, presents you first is the company that you have to go with, and yeah. that's why it's such a big deal to not have your CV shopped around. Yeah, and I hope that's not a big issue nowadays, but it definitely was an issue. Yeah, five seven. 10 years ago and definitely earlier than that. So,
1: yeah, I uh, mean, I think any reputable any reputable company, you know, is is not going to do something like that. Right. So certainly being in business for 30 some odd years, I mean, they've got a track record um, of doing really well with that. So, you know, if you're interested, um, we suggest you go to St. John. Associates, check them out at Saint slash docs. So S T J O H N J O B S dot com slash D O C S. Check them out today and see if you can't get yourself a little job at job with some cash and cash. Links
0: are in the show notes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, let's let's jump into things that you should take you should stay away from. Yeah. And I think that we you know, part of the issue is, is So
1: investments you should not do. Is this what we doing? Risky investments.
0: I think risky investments are things that you hear about on Instagram and Instagram advertisements or Instagram, like somebody's influencers, like Mm -hmm. they talk about things that are very like enticing Mm -hmm. and makes you want to like, yeah, let me do this and stuff. (laughs) Um, But I think the biggest thing for me that I'm like, yo, I I don't know, man. I think you got to stay away from this. I don't know. And I'm probably gonna get lit up by this. But I think.
1: I think crypt- Instagram coming for you. I think crypto at this TikTok moment. TikTok
0: coming for you. Crypto's like, yo, I don't know, man. Like, so I'm not gonna lie. I own crypto. I you own were some all bin- about crypto for uh, a minute. I didn't say I was all about crypto. I just had someone on talking about crypto. Nah, he's I all about crypto. I wasn't a crypto oh, gonna, fanatic. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the crypto king. <laughs> Yo, no, if I if I big. had even twelve twelve Bitcoin, I would do this. I I do do I buy a whole country. I did try to get a hospital to pay us in in crypto. What? No, I'm lying. I'm
0: lying. <laughs> I didn't do all that, boy. I, didn't do all that. I know you but, didn't, but I don't know. Like crypto right now at this point. So listen, the way how we invested, the way how I invested in it was exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, we invested. <laughs> like, I invested, we, uh, boss. We sick. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, we ain't saying. Gonna... <laughs> no, <laughs> no. All
0: right. So the way how I invested it is is if you had a dollar, literally ninety nine cents would go and be invested in a traditional index funds, and for every cent, that's how we were. That's how I yes, was doing it. it was for every cent, yes, was invested in crypto. And the reason we, I, I did that, I keep saying we, the reason why I did that was, look, for me, see how this is? if I lose, if it goes down to, to, you know, nothing, it's only one cent, right? I still got 99 cents.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's actually not a dollar knee. It's more than a dollar. So it's not one cent.
0: But no, but that's how for every dollar that we invest So I don't understand what you're saying.
1: What I'm saying is that if you invest 1% of a whole lot of money, it's not one cent anymore. What about one
0: percent times? 1%, oh no, let's listen, listen, listen. Days? I ain't gonna
1: have Alfred putting the putting the math signs on my face no more. Okay, we're not doing that.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. So it, it, obviously, you know, with crypto, uh, it's it's tanked a little bit, and I think a lot of it is based off of speculation. There's some things that people are talking about. It's the new wave. I have no clue and i think people right now who are talking like nobody knows what's going on with nfts (laughs) nobody knows what's going on with the copyrights of nfts jay-z is suing dame dash dame dash (laughs) is suing jay-z because they're trying to make you know a portion of uh, reasonable doubt on nfts nobody knows what's going on so if you need to invest in crypto my advice is to take that approach and just say hey look For every, for every, you know, one percent of your dollar goes into crypto, so that if it does well, you don't feel like you missed out, and if it does bad, you don't feel like you lost all of your money, right? Did
1: you see the episode of Grand Crew when they (laughs) invested it? You know what I'm saying?
0: Like, (laughs) right? Like one minute is great. The, the next they were like,, ah! and that's the thing I don't understand is like, how can you get into something where you're paying for something? Like when Tesla got into it, I knew Tesla, like I just knew this did not make sense. Like why on earth would you pay for a Tesla with something that is worth possibly thirty seven thousand dollars one day or even that same day? And then the next minute, just like on Grand Crew, is worth like twelve thousand dollars. How does how does this work for Tesla versus how does this work for the person who used to own the Bitcoin? Somebody's gonna be mad at the end of the day, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. So I'm not saying that it's it's a farce. I don't think that it's it's a scam, but it's just way too risky right now. It's I think. too
1: risky. And
0: I think you know, for the new age people, for those who are in college, medical school, and so forth, I can see where they're just like, well, like that makes sense for me to do that, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know because you know why would
1: it make sense for because
0: I think younger people are more likely to take risks, right? Okay, they're more like like it's like people using TikTok, right? Like I heard that TikTok is like it's literally like it's changing the way how like Instagram is almost done, mm. right? Instagram is almost done. Like if you ain't on TikTok, then like you ain't you on ain't that. on it. You ain't on it. People are checking out restaurants and using TikTok to check out. Like I don't even know how that works, but they're searching for restaurants and seeing if a restaurant is going to fit them based off of how you know, it does on TikTok, which mm-hmm. I think is fascinating. I guess I I didn't know that TikTok had geo tags on it mm. so that you can tell exactly where you are or type in an area and then you can find a restaurant, you can see the food or you can see what people put on it and go from there. So TikTok is where it's at. Whereas for us, you know, Instagram or Twitter or what have you is more traditional. So same thing with crypto. Some people may be like, hey, like I can make crypto work for me better than someone who is older or someone who is more traditional. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying that. Right, so.
1: gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Bitcoin definitely has had its ups and downs. Um, I'm glad it's only 1% that you invested. <laughs> we, us,
0: right? We are us. Like, Can you tell no, us? All of us, right? Where there's, we can find There's, there's no you and I in paste. it. right. <laughs>
1: Use your vowels. Bring
0: that Martin Lawrence back. Bring 1992, Uh, 93, 94
1: Martin Lawrence back, please, Martin.
0: Please, Martin, yo. So, what other things do you consider risky? Um. So I don't consider this to be risky, but I do think that it's not for. I think it's it's not for the majority of people, and that's whole life insurance. I think that I think investing in whole life insurance, particularly if you are younger, particularly if you have a lot of student loan debt, particularly if you're in a in a situation where you really don't need that type of insurance. If you get sold that that can be a place where you can where you're losing money, where you can you can do better off with doing things with your money than putting in a whole life.
1: So I'm going to say that. I've been I've been learning a little bit more about whole life insurance because I'm like, why does this thing exist? It can't just exist to give people commissions. Like it has to exist for another reason. Right. Remember when we used to be like, oh, all debt is bad. And then we found out like, oh, actually, all debt is not bad. Depends. You found out. That, that wasn't anyway, me. Yes. Yes. That was were. not me. Anyway, you found out whatever, all debt is bad. Whatever. Just like we invested in Bitcoin. Um, So, you know, we found out. That not all anyway. That all debt was not necessarily bad. It all is in how you utilize the debt and for what purpose. Right. And so I've been you know reading a little bit more, seeing how people are using whole life insurance. I'm not so convinced that it's that bad. Like I don't think that it's that bad anymore. I think we have not used, we have not optimized the use of whole life insurance. And there are a number of reasons that people. Buy whole life insurance. Actually, Ronnie Shalev mentioned on your, on that last episode, what, 306 or something like that? I don't remember. Um, But she talked about, you know, using life insurance to buy real estate properties. Um, We talked about that. We had a, I forget the company um, that came on and they talked about using whole life insurance again to buy properties. I've been um, reading about whole life insurance um, for the purpose of creating. You know, family banks and, you know, and okay. doing trust and things like that. I and mean, we'll save that maybe for I, for the eleven money to, trap. I, but. Do,
0: I do think the caveat is... is the way in which it's sold to residents.
1: Yes. I would right. Let's not confuse them.
0: Right. The way in which it's sold to residents, the way in which it's sold to young attendings. Yes. Like I think they have no business being sold those type of products. Yes. Those type of whole life products are not the same type of whole life products that you are talking about.
1: Or the use of them are not, right? Like right.
0: it's it's not the use. Hold on, let me finish it. It's not the same thing. So I think it's really important for them to because what you if you say that, then they will get. They may buy a product that they definitely don't need at this point when they have a bunch of debt. Absolutely. And all these different things. So I think yeah. it's really important to clarify that there's multiple types right. of whole life insurance plans, and you can educate yourself on it. Mm-hmm. But the generic whole life plan that they try to push to you as you are a resident, or maybe as in your first year mm-hmm. or second year as an attending, that's not the same whole life plan. That we're right. Talking but
1: about. that. But that's what I'm saying. There. You know. There are different, not just different uses, but different types of whole life insurance plans, right? And so, you know, if you're buying whole life insurance just for the sake, right? If you're young, healthy, have no issues, um, you know, and you have um, no dependents that have any issues at all, then I would say no, like a whole life insurance plan just for the sake of leaving something for your family is probably not the best use of your money. But if you educate yourself on the different types of whole life insurance plans... And figure out a very specific use for that outside of just leaving money for your family, you know, if you die, then I just want people to know I think that's what
0: people do though. I think that's, yeah, that's I think that's what really wealthy people do is right. they have a whole life plan mm-hmm. that they can leave for people. But that's like that's like option ten.
1: Right, right. There's I get multiple
0: it. options that they're doing before that, and then they have right. this one little so bit. Some people and some people may use that to give to a school, or they right. may use it to give yeah. to, you know. So,
1: but I, I'm I'm just saying that your average person probably does not need a whole life insurance plan. But there are uses of a whole life insurance right. plan. I
0: think we're talking in circles right it, now. Well, we are for talking the, for in circles the say, for you the sake of, let, because you for, won't
1: let me finish talking.
0: Uh, how much, how much longer are you going to say the point, though? You said I got to say plans. the point
1: until I'm finished, until somebody okay, don't go, interrupt go me. Well, I already go said ahead. what I had to say.
0: Thank so. you. Do you see what I'm saying? So, no. so for the sake of the pod, guys, th- what we are saying is that- You just are,
1: don't like whole life insurance.
0: There's some risk. I didn't say that. Yes, but you did. Th- you say that
1: all the time.
0: I didn't say that. I saying that, <laughs>
1: what you always say, do not buy whole life insurance.
0: Well, that was earlier on and stuff, right? Oh, I'm talking about residents who mm-hmm. are going through the process right now. But listen, guys, right? All I'm saying is, is that there are some risky investments out there. Some of them you may see on Instagram. Some of them you may see on social media. Some of them uh, may be presented to you as as probably um, someone who's saying, "Hey, this is a way to invest." And they may say that they're a financial advisor when they're really an insurance salesman and so forth. So just mm-hmm. be, careful. be careful. Just be careful of all those different things. Check out that book. Is there any other investments that you can think yes. of? Yes. One
1: that? one that I think is very popular is MLS, right? Multi-level multi-level sales.
0: What's that? Right? Talk, talk, talk so, to me about that. Multi-level talking sales. About Amway?
1: Well, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna name a specific company. Well, you think Huh? You
0: think they're going to sue us or something? Oh, you
1: never know. But I'm not going to name a very specific company, but multi-level sales where basically people, you know, tell you that they're selling this product and it usually looks like a pyramid, right? A pyramid scheme where um, essentially you make more money by bringing people on rather than actually selling the product, right? So they say, oh, you know, you use this product, da, 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 whatever, and actually... You're not so much selling the product more than you are bringing more people underneath you to be able to sell that product.
0: Yeah, multi-level, for you. multi-level ne- marketing. marketing. Yeah, yeah, multi-level You'll see marketing.
1: MLS or MLM. Yeah. Um. So I would say you know just beware of those because um, at first they kind of look good, especially if the product is something that you think, oh wow, like you know people would like this thing, but it's usually not about the product.
0: Oof. So. Well, listen, guys, um, I didn't know that this episode was going to go this long, but,
1: you know... Well, you talked a lot in the beginning, so...
0: I did talk a lot? Yeah. I'm going to talk some more, actually, because I'm bringing the sign out back. Uh, That is a section or a session where we talk about things that we think are important that you may want to check out um, that we think are dope. So for me, what I want to sign out is a song or an artist called Thames. Um, So real quick, I rarely... Lately, I've been really not able to listen to the radio, um, but because um, I don't know why. I was just listening to Hot 97. I was also listening to Power 105 and Thames, um, which is a Nigerian singer. She has this song called Free Mind, and it's playing like crazy on the radio right now, but it came out about a year ago. Mm. I love it. Um, You know, Anybody who knows me knows that I'm an R&B head. Great song. Um, R&B vibes are amazing on the song. The acoustics are great backgrounds are amazing, vocals are great on this song, but it also talks a little bit about mental health, which I think is very apropos for everybody at this moment, and um, I wish I had discovered this song earlier mm. but, you know, life is what it is, so if you're looking for a really good listen uh, I definitely would recommend Thames' Free Mind, it's a great great song, anything, I know I kind of put, threw this up on you, but anything you want to sign out at all?
1: Dracaris. Whackness, man. Whackness. Dracarys. Whackness. House of the Dragon. Oh, Whackness. Oh my God, it's on. So it's you, finished on. The, you finished the first episode? I finished the first. Was episode it good? It was
0: good. I don't get this whole like Dracarys Game of, Game of Thrones. Listen, don't make
1: me that corny. Dracarys.
0: You like, I don't understand. Dracarys,
1: it. go no, Alfred.
0: Anybody who watches Game of Thrones, I just I don't understand why you want to do so much work trying to enjoy a show. For me, it's like doing a physics equation. No, it's, it's so not. much work trying to understand this whole concept of Game of Thrones. Like, why do you guys like this show? Why do you want to do so much work when you're watching it's the show? Not yes, it no, it's not a lot of work. Literally, the first four seasons, you have to memorize. Like you have no, to have you, a, don't. you have to have like a vision board, like a memory board of, oh, who's this person? Who's this person? No, who's this person? It, it it's all, like physics. They all, no. like, hold on a second. With physics, I remember like every day, <sighs> like if you skipped a day in physics, like that was it. Like you ain't gonna understand nothing. Right? And it's the same thing with... with no, it's with, not. With how, how, What's it? What is the name of a damn show? Game of Thrones. Like, if you didn't... under, if It was so much memorization no, to wasn't. understand all of these different no, characters. It, no, it and really was And then I remember everybody's like, oh, yeah, like, I know you got to remember all these characters, but just wait till season 19 is going to get good. So wait, not only do I have to do all this work... But no. I also got to wait till season 19 before no. the show gets good. No, come on. I don't understand why you guys like the show. Well, it's this It's not is 19 whack.
1: seasons. The
0: show is corny, and no. that's why you
1: got the ending that you guys got. You deserve that. That show is whack, man. Yeah, I don't know why right? y'all like that show. The show was great. How did it end? It was it didn't end well, but the show itself Sorry, guys, was great. Like, there are plenty, did I sound triggered. Anyway, there are plenty of shows that are really great but have bad endings. I mean, yeah, but
0: there's also shows that make you have to do a lot of work to understand it. And that's ridiculous. Like, I think Game of Thrones has way too it, many characters. It really? No. And like, you can literally get rid of half
1: of the characters because half no. of them are of no consequence whatsoever. No. And Actually, just, that's not true. You didn't watch it. So how would you know? I got up to season four. You didn't get up to
0: season four. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I didn't start season four, but I got up to season four and I was like, okay. You
1: didn't get, you didn't even finish season three. I took like
0: a month off because I was busy. You didn't even
1: finish season three.
0: Did I need to? Because it was like all this stuff, like the dragon person and Bert and Ernie. I was
1: like, what's going on here? There's too many people
0: on this damn show.
1: Too much work. Too much work. It wasn't too much work. Anyway. It was like a family
0: tree that you had to keep. Oh, wait, hold on. Who are they talking about? Oh that person And he's related to this person Yeah and because this person it's, it's explained to
1: you As you go along Oh word? Like that's okay. because You're okay. trying to figure it out You are trying to figure it out Like in the moment When you don't have to You're doing work That You know what you are I'm gonna tell you what you are You're, you're one of my pre-meds who doesn't listen when I say, like, you don't need to understand the entire passage of the MCAT in order to answer the question. But you know, you want to sit there and you want to study while you're sitting there taking the MCAT. It's like, why are you trying to learn on the MCAT? Just read the passage and find the answer. You don't need to understand. You don't need to recite. You don't, nobody's going to test you after the MCAT. Just read the passage and answer the questions. Why are you getting so upset? Because you just like that. When I tell y'all all all the time, like, you do not have to study. You are not there to learn while you're taking the MCAT. I bet you you sat there and you were trying to learn while you are on the MCAT.
0: So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Docs Outside the Box.
1: (laughs) I took your breath away.
0: (laughs) She took my breath away. I'm going to take a lozenge. (laughs) Obviously, my voice is cracking. But listen, thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. Remember to fill out the show notes, or excuse me, go to the show notes and fill out the survey. <laughs> with are in crowd. We're super excited about that. And we want to thank everybody who is watching on YouTube. Thanks to the OGs that be listening, as well as people who have known us since med school, as well as from our other jobs. We don't be talking about y'all. We don't <laughs> be talking about y'all. But we do appreciate y'all listening to Docs Outside the Box, Don't y'all. forget
1: to go to the website, drneedarko.com. That's
0: right. All right, y'all. We will catch you guys on the next episode. Hopefully, Renee will not be so angry with her. <gasps> you were
1: screaming.
0: Game of corniness. Game of physics. Thrones. Whatever it is. We'll catch you guys on the next one.
1: Dracaris.
0: Peace. And I sponsoring the show. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only, Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Nee, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.